Welcome to OK Sis Podcast. Hi, sisters. I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout. We know. Here at OK Sis, we believe women are multifaceted. Which is why you can expect sisterly banter on a wide range of topics, such as pop culture, our entrepreneurial journeys, and mental health routines. We promise it'll be informative. And silly. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood. Welcome back to OK Sis Podcast. My name is Mads, and I'm fresh out of a hot yoga session. So my brain is like in the hot yoga melting mindset. You know, the melting emoji where it's like melting. That's me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My name is Scout, and this is my third podcast episode of the day. So I am the melting emoji for a different reason. Oi fucking vey. My I max out at one typically. So Yeah. I was a guest on two this morning, and here I am showing up for my Madela. Yeah. We're showing up for the sisterhood. I'm also drinking tea out of my morning person OK Sis mug. This is the best mm. fucking mug, may I just say so myself. I'm thoroughly enjoying my OK Sis representation. Yeah, I need to get I need to go to a hot yoga class. My abs are still not a hundred percent since the C section. Like I did a I've been doing the pre and postnatal Pilates sessions on Melissa Wood and those go easy on the abdomen area because obviously that's where everything happened. Easy on the abdomen. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. So I did a regular (laughs) one and I thought like that my abs were back. No. Mm -mm. Doing like like bicycles, I was like, oh man, I'm not moving right. But I really want to go back to hot yoga. So I should try that. I have a, I have a hot take. Were your abs ever <laughs> right? Oh, oh, yeah. I had really good core strength. I could do like a plank for over a minute. What In what world? I've never seen you do a plank in my entire life. Yeah, I can hold a plank for a really long time. I actually have really good core strength, the ab part, because whenever I work out, I only do the ab stuff because I don't know why I'm like really good at abs. And when you get a C-section, they cut your abs. Like they are no more. Like you have zero, zero. Unsubscribe. And so they're just not, they're not fully back yet. Yeah. Okay. Quick thing before we go into the main part of the episode today. Exciting news is that Ben June and I created a new video podcast series called 36 Questions Later. And it is so fucking good. Sisters, you're going to love it. Basically, what we did is we filmed strangers on a blind date and we had them answer the 36 questions that lead to love from that New York Times article that went viral a few years ago. And it's a video podcast, so you can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch it on Spotify. It's kind of like Caller Daddy, where you can listen and watch at the same time. I would recommend doing it on Spotify. It's really cool to see it go back and forth. But you can also watch it on YouTube. So the first two episodes are out. So the first two couples are out, so you can like watch them. And then basically at the end of the series, we're going to see if they actually fell in love. Oh my gosh. I, I have to say, I've obviously known about this project behind the scenes, talking with Ben and Mads. And I was watching the first episode and I was blown the fuck 
away. Yeah. Ben did such an impeccable job. Like the production, the video. I was like, am I watching a Netflix series right now? It was insane. Yeah. It's giving Netflix series. It's giving like just high quality production quality. And then you'll hear my voice narrated throughout it. It's really a cool format. And honestly, I don't think anyone is doing a podcast format like this. So it's really cool and experimental and I, I hope everyone enjoys it. Also, I see being just like a host in your future. Like I think you should be a host on a Netflix special series. Well, I have a really good voice if oh, you didn't know is that, that. Is that true? If you didn't know that from the thousands of podcasts we have recorded. But no, I do have, I've always said that I should like go and do what is it? Voice acting. Like I, I remember I was the voice on a kid's, uh, a kid's toy. And I thought that meant you were famous. Like I thought that you were legitimately famous because I think it was like, I think you sang Yankee Doodle went to town or something on a kid's toy. Yeah. I sang us. it was a kid's toy where if like, you slam it, you hear my voice singing. And honestly, like, why did I just continue that type of career? Like I made so much money <laughs> from that bullshit toy. Like I should have just continued. Did you? Yeah. You made money off it? How much money did you make? I don't know specifically, but I remember it being like, also, where is that money? <laughs> where did it go? <laughs> Our I think it was like it. $200. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's calm okay, it well, down. So where is that money? <laughs> I, would like, I would like to have it. <laughs> She comes to collect her $200 18 years later. I know. Okay. I also wanted to do like an addendum, not an addendum, but an additive section about a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember which episode it was, but we talked about stress. Oh, it was the being the main character of your life. And basically we mm-hmm. recounted how, you know, struggle is inevitable. So it's more so about what are you willing to struggle for? And I was reading my newsletter by Sahil Bloom. You're now a Sahil Bloom girly, right, Scout? I turned you on. You did, but then he stopped coming up in my algorithm. So I don't know where he was. I don't know what he's doing now. You have got to subscribe to the newsletter. It is the only newsletter I read. I do not skim. <sighs> I literally read word for word. He is like wisdom being injected into my eyeballs. I did subscribe. Oh, and I'm at this point in my life, like I just can't read the newsletters. I just, I don't do it. And then it just clutters my inbox. So I unsubscribed until I'm available for that habit. Okay. All right. Well, I will just, I'll just uh, relay the information that's, that is necessary. So basically he had a whole newsletter about the two types of stress. There's distress and eustress. Eustress spelled E-U stress. And it's basically distress is negative stress. And that's the one that is thrown around in society. When we're usually talking about stress, we're talking about distress, but there's actually a positive stress that is great to lean into. So distress is more of that overwhelm, you know, low self-worth, depression, but then you stress is like invigorating energy, super excited, but you're a little nervous because it's a big opportunity, you know? And so the energies are so different, but they're still the same physiological response. So the good part about that is you can actually choose which 
one that you respond to a daily stressor with. So let's say a daily stressor comes up in your life and you immediately go to like the distress type of energy where you're just like, oh, I want to procrastinate. I don't want to do this. Why am I here? Da, da, da. Or you can approach it of like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity. Yes, I'm nervous, but I'm going to kill it. I've, I've figured it out in the past. And it just feels so much better. It doesn't mean that you're not stressed. It just means that you're approaching it with this like brevity. And I don't know, that really fit for me. And it made it, it really um, encapsulated what we were talking about with the main character energy is like, hardship is inevitable. It's it's not the point is not to eliminate hardship. It the point is to choose your reaction and be able to navigate in more of a manageable way, right? Yeah. Amen. And sometimes I think that you could start in the you stress. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So I'm noticing in my life right now, most of my stress is technically you stress, but I'm choosing to view it as distress. Is that what it is? Distress? Distress. So I think that I could take a moment and when I am overwhelmed, be like, wait a minute, this is technically coming from a place of you stress that I'm getting confused with and I'm framing it incorrectly. Like I know that at the end of the day, all my stress is aligned and exciting stress, but I am feeling it in the distress way. I definitely fall into that as well. I mean, it's just the way that you classify it. Like for instance, I'm going to New York tomorrow and then we're going to Nashville and I'm going to be gone for like a week and a half. I know I'm not, you know, going to batch like all the content that I need to do for Camber. Like I'll work a little bit here and there, but I do want to, you know, batch as much as I can. So, you know, as I'm like doing TikTok after TikTok after TikTok, I started to obviously fatigue and get very annoyed and, you know, all the stress and all this. But I then I thought wow, this is your job to literally make TikToks. Like, (laughs) oh my God, like this is amazing. Imagine if you were, well, I don't want to put down anyone else's job, but it's just, you know, if you reframe it that way, we're like, yeah, it's stressful to kind of batch all this. It's a lot of work. It's, you know, overwhelming. But there's this, if you zoom out, it's like, I'm fucking making TikToks and that's my life and that's fantastic. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. 
That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, okaysis one five. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care, you deserve it. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, because I'm in a point, I'm in a very similar point right now where I am on that edge of like the next growth push at Scouts Agency and that comes with a busier season where there's just like a lot more on our to-do list. Everyone, like everyone's feeling it. It's just like there's a lot going on because we have something really exciting that we're producing and I'm navigating working and being a mom, which feels like a lot. Like I think I missed our podcast meeting yesterday and I have no idea if that was canceled or not. I'm not sure. Um, Stuff like that's happening. You know, our our meetings with Alyssa, it's like one – eighth actual work and then seven eighths just us talking about like Harry Styles and fun things and honestly I look Mm -hmm. forward to it every week it's like a little therapy session but it's more of like a cute fun session girly session you know what I mean yes yes I do know what you mean but back to the thing that I was talking about is that (laughs) I have to I like I'm coming back to like okay this is like a heavier season this is a more stressful season that I chose but the bottom line, the reason why I'm stressed is because I'm doing like really amazing things that I've always dreamed of doing. Yeah. It's just reframing it, reclassifying it in your brain. So sisters, if you are feeling this way and you're- That's like the key of life. That's the key to life. Reframe and reclassify everything. Literally. I mean, this just flows so beautifully into into the meat of the episode. But yeah, if you're feeling- distress, constant distress, look in your life at where you can 
reclassify as you stress. Okay, so we're going to talk about, we're going to do the episode that we were supposed to do two weeks ago when we went crazy unhinged. We're going to do the two phrases that have changed our lives. Now, this was really hard for me to do. Over the years, I feel like I have so many revelations when, you know, you listen to a podcast or, you know, you read a book and you have all these revelations and I forget them, you know, and obviously I feel like we document them on the podcast, but I don't, you know, listen back to the podcast. So I've been trying to, I have like a revelations note on my notion that's just like, when I have a revelation, like say when at the podcast, what was it and all these things. So that has helped, but I need to, I need to continue doing that. So if you find yourself listening to podcasts, reading books, and you, you're having all this information, you don't know how to store it. I get this too, where I get so overwhelmed because there's so much information. But if you notice that like gut feeling of like, oh my God, like that makes sense to me. Just write it down on your notes app on a notion, just so that you could keep it and refer back to it. Cause we tend to forget those things. So this was a little tricky for me, but I was able to pull two of them. One is a more classic Mads statement and then one is a newer one. So Mm. why don't you go first? Okay. So I have two statements that immediately when we thought of doing this episode, these are statements that completely changed my life. Like changed my life. I go back to them all the time. And it really does prove that the way we put our words together matters and phrases said different ways resonate with different people. So My first one is I'll kind of provide the backstory and then how I found it and what it means to me. So when I was severely suffering from bipolar disorder, mom would always tell me this too shall pass, like this will pass, this will pass. And I would always in my mind then say, but it comes back, but it comes back, but it comes back negating the purpose of that phrase. And so I would get so mad at everyone who would tell me this too shall pass because my initial instinct would be like, but it fucking comes back and then what, you know? And so that phrase never served me until I saw a movie and this was the end quote and it's by a poet called Rilke and he says, no feeling is final. And that just hit me so, so strongly because with the this too shall pass, that kind of felt like it's like this wave and it's going to come back and then it passes and then it comes back. And that was too heavy for me to kind of imagine my, like a way out. It it felt too like restrictive and, and kind of scary. So when I heard the phrase, no feeling is final, which is the very same principle as this too shall pass, no feeling is final. I could then sit in my depression and being like, this isn't final. This isn't the end. This isn't my story. This isn't like this this feeling isn't final. Like there's another one that's going to come. And that phrase, very simply put, very similar, you know, message, what changed my life completely because then I finally found empowerment in this idea that emotions are fleeting and they come and they go. And so now this was probably like seven years ago that I heard this. And so now whenever I start telling myself, I'm going to feel this way forever, or it feels like I'm going to feel feel this way forever. I tell myself, no feeling is final. Oh, I love that. And also the notion that when you hear it phrased a different way, yeah. it can hit you so differently. I feel like that's happened so many times on this podcast where like you said something to me, but then I've heard it in another way or something. And it reminds me of that time, the end my let phrase, blissful dissatisfaction. 
which is essentially the same phrase as enjoy the journey, not the destination kind of vibe. So, you know, enjoy the journey, not the destination is so cheesy and it can just kind of roll away from us. But if you think of it, he says blissful dissatisfaction. So it's basically you can live in the moment, you can be blissful in the moment, but also have things you're striving for, which is the destination, if you will. But you can still enjoy that journey and that process of getting there. The two are not mutually exclusive. You do not get bliss when you get to the destination. You actually have bliss through the journey of getting to that fulfillment. So that, I remember when he said that to me. Wait a minute. Is one of your phrases an Ed Milet quote? No, no, no. That just reminded me. But that one is like one I think about yeah. a lot. Okay. I mean, you know what my, yes, my do one the next is. Everyone right say thing. it with me. Everyone say it with me. Do, do the, the next, next right thing. thing. Yes. So wait, but okay, fuck this. I think I said this on a previous episode, but in the 400 hours time management book that I've been, I was like literally promoting off the wazoo a couple of months ago. He said where that phrase actually originated. And of course now I don't have it, but the reason it came to me in the first place. So I don't want to I just want to credit that it's actually not by Emily Weiss, but this is who I heard it from and how it impacted me. (laughs) She didn't actually create this phrase. But Emily Weiss was on, founder, you know, of Glossier fame. She was on Kara Swisher's podcast a long, long time ago. And I guess Kara Swisher had asked her for some, like, advice for young entrepreneurs, females, whatever. And she said, I always come back to this, do the next right thing. And sisters, you've heard me say this at nauseum. Like, obviously, it's like I can't shut up about this phrase. The reason I love it so much is because it's a phrase that just feels like it encapsulates a lot of the revelations I always have, which is you could feel so overwhelmed or you don't know where to start or you, you know, you're lost or you're the, but it brings you immediately into the present moment. It helps you to not catastrophize. It helps you to not live in the past. It literally brings you to like that. And it also incorporates your gut and your intuition, right? Because you have to get really quiet and just be like, what is that next right thing that I should be doing right now? And you have to be really honest with yourself. Like sometimes you're going to bullshit yourself and be like, oh, I should take a nap because I'm, you know, I want to procrastinate. No, it's this you know what that next right thing is, right? And so just to take that moment and just ask yourself, and if you just have, and it'll come to you of that action, that aligned action, that thing you need to do, and then you just do it. That's it. Like it's just five, four, three, two, one, done. You're you're doing the next right thing. And basically what what I love about it, and it kind of ties into atomic habits, it ties into the compound interest of habits and a compound interest of tasks and things that you do, is that's what it is, right? You're doing the next right thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. At the beginning, you're not going to see results. You're not going to see, you know, but in the long term, it all builds up and then you see that final product that you that you were looking for. So I just, every day when I'm like, I don't know how this is all going to work out. I don't know how it's all going to end. Like how the fuck am I? I'm, it's so unclear sometimes and uncertain, but then I take a step back and say, okay, well, what right in this moment is the right, is then, next right thing that I should be doing. And I do that. And then that's basically how I've gotten to any point in my life. Mm, I love that. Also, I was watching The Hills season one and season two and Emily Weiss is on it. Well, yeah, she's in the city. I didn't realize that that's like where she came from too. 
yeah, so she, well, I didn't know she was in Laguna or the Hills, but she is in, um, no, no, she is. Sorry, sorry. She is in the Hills because she's the intern, the other intern, right? She's the New York intern that comes to LA and like works with. Is she the, is she the intern that goes to Paris? Yeah, but that was a fake thing. That was made up. No, no, no. Oh, she didn't go well, to Paris. It was sorry. all made up. Um, uh, Whitney Port went to Paris. Whitney. Whitney, sorry, but sorry. Whitney no, didn't but, even, there, uh, was Emily, no, there was no Paris internship. It was a, oh, it was storyline. Emily Weiss was in The City, though, which most underrated show of all time. I don't understand why it only has like one season. Actually, I should watch that tonight as my prep for my New York trip because watching The City is honestly, I used to um, rewatch all the time. I need to watch. I don't think I've ever seen it. I was watching The Hills, but they only have two seasons on Netflix, which is a bummer. So I'm going to find in, in The City or whatever and watch that one. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful phrase. I sometimes think of it too, because you're right. It does really put you into the present moment. And it's like, okay, what's one digestible thing that is the right next step for you today? My second phrase is one that I came up with myself because it is the phrase that was the opposite of what I was telling myself. So the phrase is, I am safe in my emotions. And that phrase, once I hardwired and circuited it into a belief, changed my emotional healing journey. So I always thought to myself and would tell myself I'm not safe in my emotions. Like I wouldn't feel safe. I wouldn't believe I was safe. I would be afraid of when the next depressive episode would hit. I would be afraid of if my feelings were going to get too big for me to handle. And in that fear, like it would be, it would cause the flames to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It was like the suffering. It wasn't the pain. It was, I was suffering. I was like inducing suffering on myself because I was so afraid of it. And so I recognized that that was the narrative and the belief that I was really holding true and acting out of. Like everything I was, was acting out of this idea and belief that I was not safe in my emotions. And so I remember I was reading, I think it was You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I, that could be wrong, but I'm almost positive it was that book. And she said to whatever belief you have that isn't serving you, like what's the opposite? And that's your affirmation. And so I took this, I'm not safe in my emotions. I was like, okay, well, what's the opposite of that? And the opposite is you are safe in your emotions. And so I said, okay, that's my new phrase. And I wrote it 300 times, like, every morning over and over and over and over and over. I put it on my mirror. I set it in my my head over and over and over. I When I was feeling a big, big feeling, I would say, I'm safe in my emotions. I'm safe in my emotions. I'm safe in my emotions. And once I rewired that phrase as my new belief system, it's been like the suffering has diminished by 90%. And now I feel so much more confident in my emotional landscape where when an emotion comes, I don't get that scared because I remind myself that I'm safe in my emotions. It's been the phrase that like, if no feeling is final, that phrase invited me into the idea that I could survive this, right? And then I am safe in my emotions brought me into the idea that I am empowered in this. Yes. I've heard you say this many a time. I'm surprised you haven't gotten a tattoo of it. I was actually thinking the other day why I haven't gotten another tattoo. And I don't Oy. know. I, d- I don't feel the that. pull in this moment. So I will, I'll get one when I feel a pull. Does the sister know that I have a tattoo? I always forget that I have one. Yeah, with my Hebrew initial. It's so weird. It's I am tattooed on your body. It's so weird. I can't believe you got sisters, that. For any new sisters, for any new sisters, I have a tattoo that I got on birthright. Of course, like... 
how predictable. <laughs> and it's Hebrew initials of my dad, my mom, and my sister's like first initials. It says Hagel. It makes no sense. Hagal. Hagal. And people and <laughs> the guy that was tattooing it was like because Hagal in Hebrew means the wave. And so the guy that was tattooing it was like, why are you getting the wave on your ankle? <laughs> I was like, That's pretty amazing. Oh no, it's not that. Um, but obviously it was a terrible decision because the ink has like bled into each other. It looks so bad. Um, they literally like the, I didn't get to choose the font. They just like <laughs> printed something on the font, like times new Roman. Like if it's just, it honestly looks a like a bold, joke. it looks like a bold, like a bold, bolded, whatever the font was, they bolded it. Yeah. They bolded it. And now it's all mixed in together and, and spread into each other. And it looks terrible. The good thing is I don't ever see it. So that's fantastic. Yeah. It's on my, on my outer ankle. And so I, when I see it, I'm like, Oh, Oh my God, what's on my foot? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about what tattoo to get if I wanted to get one for Lily. And I love that Pia Baroncini has her daughter's initials super small and super faint right on her collarbone, which I thought was really beautiful. Whoa. Putting LK right here. Are you in on LK? Yeah, it would be LK. I know, but are you in on LK like as a as a name, as a nickname? I am. I am okay with LK wow. as a nickname. Oh, thank God. We needed you to come too. Because she really does look like a little LK sometimes. She literally is the most LK LK there has ever been. Like she is the LKest LK. <laughs> I posted a photo and Kelsey posted. She's like looking as gorgeous as always LK. And I was like, God. I know. I know. So Kelsey, the other day, she DM me and was like, can you send me the photos of us that we took when we did the pod swap? And I texted her. I was like, oh, let me just text you. So I texted her all the photos and then I was like, oh, and here's one for LK as good, <laughs> for good measure. And she was like, LK. Oh my God. So cute. She's a cute. I know every morning that you don't send me a new photo of her, I'm just like, what's wrong? Like, why haven't you sent me the new photo? Like it's a root. It's part of my morning routine now. Oh, okay. Well, so, you know, you don't, you don't respond all the time, you know? So I know. So this is, this is the issue with the LK photos is I'm, I'm usually with someone or I don't know what what happens, but basically when you send me the photo, I always am like showing it to whoever is just around me and I zoom in and then we both all, we're all like, oh, and then I forget to respond because I've had like an in-person reaction rather you. than a digital one with you. You know what I mean? How excited are you to spend Wednesday to Saturday in Nashville with LK? I'm like, I'm going to cry just thinking about it. Like it is going to be, I am just so excited to be with LK in Nashville. Not only am I going to be in Nashville, which is one of my favorite cities in the entire world, but I'm going to be with LK and we're going to have to see, I'm going to take you guys. I have like a whole itinerary for us and we're going to have to see LK's threshold for, you know, country music and like bars. Cause some of these places are or bars. So I just don't know if like LK is really allowed in a bar, but we'll see what we can do. We'll We're going to go goes. to the Dolly Parton rooftop. So make sure LK has like a cute pink outfit. She doesn't. Oh, she doesn't. Yeah. She's a neutral queen like me. But I can That's get right. her one. That's eh, fine. Don't, don't stress about it. But uh, maybe white. Make sure she has something white because that'll blend with the vibe of the rooftop. Oh, she's got a white. She has a whole white outfit. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Tell me your last phrase. Um, Yes. My last phrase is, this is a newer phrase. I just discovered it on TikTok, of course. 
And basically it says in a nutshell, you can't hate your body into loving it. Uh, so I love that one so much. That's the one that hit me most recently where I was like, like full stop, holy shit, full body, yes. Something about that phrase, because if you think, I mean, every person listening is probably like, oh, yep, I know exactly what you mean. And we think that, again, it's kind of also ties into the journey, not the destination situation, right? You have to love your body as it is in the journey, in the process, because it's not about that destination of whatever you think in your brain, what your body should look like. What's so funny about this phrase is like, if you start loving your body, you actually like become what you're envisioning in your head. It actually comes to fruition yep. so much quicker. It's basically manifestation, right? It's just, you are so, and it's gratitude, right? It's gratitude for what you have right now, seeing the blessings, like being so rooted and loving towards yourself, which then your actions start to align with that energy and then you achieve the things, right? And the and the manifestation. It's like a weird backwards way of thinking about it. But when I heard that, I was like, wow, it is so true. If I keep hating my body like I have been, I've been better about it this past year. But if I, if I just stop being so mean to it, like, yeah, like what? It's kind of the same thing as you have to love yourself before someone else can love you type of vibe. I don't really, you know, whatever that it's kind of a cliche, but there's no way that hating yourself can suddenly transform into, into a loving relationship. You have to start with the loving relationship, even if it's forced, even if it doesn't feel like it in the beginning, it's kind of like any type of affirmation. And then you transform into that loving self that and body that you always wanted. Yeah, I've been implementing this with being postpartum because I remember like around week eight, I was like frustrated with my body and I just wanted it to go back and I wanted to feel like myself and it was all this like meh and I recognize that saying that just holds on to weight first of all because like your body doesn't feel like the way we mentally approach our lives translates in the physical body so like if I'm going to be so hard on myself and like every time I eat something that's not perfect like and looking at myself in the mirror and nitpicking and not being happy about it like my body's gonna hold on to that negativity and not lose weight and the minute I was like you know what like my body's going to go back on its own timeline and I'm just going to love it and make choices that I feel good about. Like, that's it. That's as simple as it is. And the minute I let go of the scrutiny and the criticism and the not feeling good and the, you know, allowing, like surrendering the timeline of when I'll be able to fit back into my jeans or whatever, I dropped weight like much faster than I anticipated. Or maybe I didn't because I haven't weighed myself, but I feel fucking way better in my body and way better in my clothes. So it's like everything starts in the mind and then literally your physical reality becomes a representation of that. Yeah. I mean, it's also what you just said about those like just daily decisions. I think about this with the do the next right thing, right? Yeah. And I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to put that into food and my relationship to food and, and even thoughts and body. Like you literally, you could apply it to anything. If you're having a negative thought spiral, what's the next right thing you could do? 
shift those thoughts, mm-hmm. mindset shift. Like that is the right, that's the next right thing. And you know yeah. it, you know that it is. So you give yourself permission to simply shift the thoughts. If you are reaching, you know, every day you're choosing to have things that are nourishing or, and whatever, it's a choice. And when you, like last night I had a burger, we had Valentine's day burger and it was fantastic. And I, didn't I didn't feel shame at all I was like this was a choice yeah and honestly I enjoyed myself and I really loved it and look like yeah I kind of wanted to eat healthy before going to New York but you know what like that's just that's how it happened and I'm gonna eat healthy tonight and I'm craving that health also tonight and that fuel and that's it like you know what do you feel this way Mads that when it comes to food like I usually shame myself after when I'm not thinking and I'm not conscious and I'm not intentional and then I just eat a bunch and after I'm like wait a minute I didn't like actually want that I wasn't craving that now my stomach hurts like all of these things versus saying to myself "Mm, today I want to eat healthy so I'm gonna do that or "Mm, I'm really down for the burger right now so I'm gonna do that like it's almost like when you make that choice no matter what the choice is sticking to it you feel better about it. Right. And Tink says this a lot in her on her podcast where it's like, if you make that choice though, you have to not feel shame yeah. after. Because, okay, you made the choice. That is it. Okay, that's done. There's literally no point in feeling shame after or guilt after because yeah. that just ruins the experience yeah. or the memory or whatever you had. And it might've been an amazing, delicious meal. That's great. And you shouldn't feel shame for that. Where, you know, I think about it also in terms of like when I do my expenses for money and money mindfulness before I'd have so much shame going yeah. through it. Be like, oh my God, I'm spending so much money. I'm doing this to this. Whereas now I approach it as like, oh, wow, I loved spending money on that. Oh, actually, I didn't love spending $8 on that latte. Like, let's not do that next time. Yep. You know, so you go through and a much more, again, a mindful approach to these things and it makes it, it's so much lighter and it's so much like, you're just not as negative and sh- and, and hard on yourself. It's like just ebbing and flowing. Yeah, the same thing about, about food. You, you maybe ate too much. You're like, okay, actually next time, like I don't need to eat the second cookie. Okay. That's great. Now I know that, but it's not a, Oh my God, I ate the second cookie and over, over, over. Right. Just learn, like observe, learn, and just change the behavior for next time. Yeah. And editing based off of what makes me feel good and what fuels my highest self, whether that's physically, mentally, or spiritually indicating like, Oh wow. If you did something that makes you not feel great after that's data, like that's data that you get to use for your future self. Like, okay, that doesn't make me feel good, whether it's a thought, whether it's a piece of food, whether it's an alcoholic drink, whether it's a habit, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a whatever it is, and like really use that as evidence and data that you now have information of what doesn't work. The same way businesses are like, hey, that revenue stream didn't work and that one did. Let's move forward with the one that did. It's the exact same thing. And you get to like edit your habits, tools, rituals, mindsets, and actions to always, not yeah. always, but to to be continuously working towards making the ones that promote the good feelings. Yeah, you're just taking inventory all the time. And there's no shame in, yeah, doing something wrong because it's literally, that's a gift. You literally learn mm-hmm. what not to do now. You know, it's a gift. And viewing it that way is so powerful. 
you know, Jay Shetty was, you know, he's going on. He's do, he is every fucking where. Did you know that he has an Erewhon smoothie? He has an Erewhon smoothie? Do you think, so I have never had an Erewhon smoothie. Actually, I have. That's a lie. The only Erewhon smoothie I've ever had was Tinks's, And she was the first one to ever do this whole Erewhon smoothie situation. So, and I did, yes, I did pay like $25 for that smoothie. And I said, never again, never again will I fall into this trap, Erwan. okay? Never again. But honestly, Jay Shetty might get me to spend $25 on yeah. a smoothie. He, if, if anyone could do it, it's him. It's not Haley Bieber, sorry, but <laughs> it is him. It is him. So anyways, Jay Shetty was on Ed Milet's podcast, which you have to listen to. I know. I haven't listened to it yet just because I, I wasn't and, like in the mood to listen to like relationship stuff this week, but I'm going to. Right. It's kind of interesting because I agree where I'm like, I don't know if I love this topic that Jay Shetty is doing right now, yeah. but I also feel like it's so why, why don't I like it? You know, is it something that is blocking me or do I, you know, do I feel too comfortable in my relationship? You know, it's, it's an interesting question to ask yourself of like, wait, if, if it, this is not, you know, if I'm, I'm feeling a disconnect, why? But I listened to him on Ed Milet because, <laughs> excuse me, my two favorite men over there. And he was saying that he made that same comparison about companies who do quarterly reviews and they check what worked, what didn't, da, da, da. That is something you need to be doing in your relationship as well. People think that they just don't have to do those types of check-ins. We're not taught to do stuff like that in mm -hmm. terms of love or like we're not, we're not even taught like how to love or like what that is. So that was an interesting comparison and it reminded me of what you just said where it's just like, you're, you're just constant. There's a constant maintenance, you know, and a, yeah. and a reflection and a check-in. And if you're not doing that with yourself, like really start, start to make a framework and that works for you, that helps you to check in and assess, you know, what, what is working, what's not in your life and your habits and your routines, anything. Mm, ending on a mic drop at OKSIS podcast. Always, always. always. Well, All right, sisters. This was, this was like such a, nurturing podcast episode. I really needed it. I was the melting emoji from the, at the beginning. And now I'm like the vibrant emoji that, um, is like this. I was, that's how Lily smiles, by the way. That's like her, <laughs> that emoji is how she smiles. It's frightening. Like it's frightening. No, it's not. Um, it's so cute. Anyways, I started as a melting emoji and now I'm like, a, mm, I want to take a bath emoji. You know what I mean? Just like a little. Oh, cute. I feel really very uh, comfy cozy. So you anyway, like sisters. Thank you, you like so. LK. What? You feel like LK. I feel like, oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, sisters, thank you so much for listening and tuning in every single week. We we know there's 2 million podcasts and the fact that you spend every single week with us continuously makes our days, our weeks, our months. We know we have a lot of new sisters here this month. So hello and thank you and welcome to the sisterhood. And if you liked this episode, feel free to text it to a friend who might also benefit or resonate. And if you feel so inclined and you feel as if we've deserved it, give us a five-star rating. We love reading your reviews. And um, if you're listening to this right when it comes out, follow us on Instagram this week because we will be in Nashville and we will be together for Woo! a couple days. So love you and Mads. I'll see you in Nashville. See you in Nashville, baby.